The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Reps Podcast. Happy to have you here, and we've got a very fun and different, exciting episode planned out for you guys today, and that is five fitness myths to unlearn. Five things you should just get out of your brain, stop saying, stop talking about, stop doing. Straight up, if this is you or you fall into any of these categories, you're wrong you're wrong. You are wrong for that. And the reason I wanted to touch on these things specifically is because unfortunately they run rampant in the fitness industry. They are all over the place. They're advertised. They are honestly, some of them even used by people that call themselves professionals. And I wanted to shed some light on these topics because if you're anything like me, you learn by doing. You learn by making mistakes. You learn by doing things the wrong way in order to essentially figure out how to do them the right way. Fortunately for all of you listening out there, I'm here to shed some light on some of those wrong things and hopefully save you a little bit of time and effort on things that are just simply not going to benefit you in your fitness journey. They're not going to help in any sort of capacity and odds are you're going to wind up frustrated, struggling, confused, and maybe out a few hundred dollars if you spend your time and energy doing these five things. So five fitness myths we all need to unlearn. Let's do it. Okay, so in no particular order of stupidity, we've got coming in at number one fitness myth to unlearn is you can target or spot reduce fat. This is false. This is incorrect. This is a myth or a form of advertising put out there by companies simply looking to gain your attention, right? Because who doesn't like the flashy tagline of, you know, lose belly fat or lower, you know, stomach this or back that or, you know, get rid of that roll on your bra strap. Like all of these catchy taglines that make you be like, huh, I have lower belly fat. I want to get rid of that extra role that I have. I want to like, they are saying these things for a reason. And it is literally impossible to pick an area of your body that you want to lose fat on specifically. And what kills me the most with this is so many people fall into this trap and say, okay, I want to lose belly fat, but I don't want to lose any weight in my legs or my glutes or my this. I just want to lose it right here. That is not possible. And the more and more and more people fall into the trap and the false advertising by certain companies and things promoting such a result, the more they continue promoting it. So as an entire universe, we all need to stop falling into this trap. You cannot spot reduce fat. You cannot do specific workouts to only get rid of belly fat. You cannot eat certain foods that target specifically belly fat. You cannot do any sort of laser therapy. I mean, you can go to drastic measures. It kills me the amount of advertising that is surrounding this. And I keep saying belly fat because I feel like that is most commonly portrayed. But the amount of advertising around this is just, it's borderline laughable. 
Okay. So if you are seeing, reading, listening to, viewing any sort of marketing that is promoting the idea that you can pick a part of your body fat or part of your body to lose fat from, do not fall into it. Right here now, unlearn that way of thinking, undo whatever in your brain is having you Google search what kind of workouts to do, what sort of ab exercises you need to to do in order to lose body fat. And better yet, stop thinking that any body out there, any fitness influencer, someone you look up to, whoever it is who has a low body fat percentage, stop thinking that there's a particular exercise or food that they eat that got them there. It is not true. In order to lose fat on your body, whether that's in your legs, your back, your stomach, your arms, you have to decrease your overall body fat percentage. Overall, everything has to get lower. And chances are whatever area of your body, whatever your you know most stubborn area is or whatever you're Google searching to get rid of, there's a very strong possibility that that area's body fat is going to decrease the slowest, right? You're going to see progress there last. So when reducing body fat, you are reducing, like I said, your overall body fat. How do we do that? We enter into a calorie deficit. I'm not going to go too deep into that topic specifically. I did another episode on entirely that and how to calculate yours. So if you are interested in learning that, scroll back a bit on my page. It is a little bit lower down, but In general, a calorie deficit will reduce your overall body fat percentage. And when you are doing that, yes, your belly fat will get reduced. Yes, your arms will get slimmer. Yes, you will start to lose fat. But there is nothing you can do to target a specific area on your body. Total myth, does not exist, don't fall for it. Okay, myth number two you need to unlearn, and truthfully, this one holds a special place in my heart for whatever idiot came up with this and whatever idiots continue to promote this, that cutting out carbs will help you reach your goals faster. Oh my goodness. Oh my, well, whoever started this idea or whoever catches on to it and was like, yeah, this is, you know, this is what we're going to promote front page of a magazine, you know, cut out carbs and lose nothing but belly fat. Let's pair these two together. Like it is so ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. I don't know what or who out there thought, hey, let's take away the human body's number one source of energy and expect it to give us any sort of outcome that we're looking for. It simply makes no sense in the whole wide world. You can't take away carbohydrates from your diet, from your routine, from your lifestyle and expect to, you know, be able to stick with that. That is not a sustainable way to approach your eating, your nutrition, your life in general. It's simply not. Your carbs, carbohydrates in general, yes, I'm talking bread. Yes, I'm talking pasta, all of those. Oh, I can't eat this. All of that is necessary for your body to have the energy it needs to burn fat, to lose weight, to build muscle. It's all essential. It's essential. Think about it like this. If you're wanting to or you're requiring your body to do certain things, whether that's exercise, whether that's lose weight, whether that's gain weight, whatever it is, you are not where you currently want to be, right? That's what setting a goal is. In order to get to that goal, some sort of change or transformation needs to happen in your body. That change or transformation cannot happen without a sufficient amount of energy needed to do so. Where do we get that energy? 
carbohydrates. Okay. So by cutting out carbs, the only thing you're maybe doing is putting yourself in a calorie deficit and losing weight because of that. But hold on, what happens when you hit a wall, your body is so run down because you're not giving it enough energy, you consume those carbs again and you gain back any of the weight that you lost in the first place. Okay, so, and I think the reason that this, you know, idea, this myth gained so much traction right off the bat is because the science behind it, typically, I mean, carbohydrates in general, when your body is digesting them and breaking them down and using that glucose, it has to take in and use and store a bit more water as well in order to sufficiently break that all down. So what happens? We cut out carbohydrates we cut out a bunch of bread, a bunch of pasta, you're also cutting out a little bit of water that is stored in your body in order to break those things down. So you go a week without carbs and holy shit, we're down five pounds. This is magic. This is great. Why didn't I start this years ago? No, no. Cutting out carbs, you're not speeding up the rate of fat loss because anyone trying to lose weight out there, like just a little, to get more specific, you're not just trying to lose weight. You're trying to lose fat. You're trying to lose the bad stuff, quote unquote, not the muscle, not any of the good stuff. You're trying to lose fat. And by cutting out carbohydrates, you're not accelerating the rate at which you lose fat. You may short term accelerate the rate at which you lose water. But guess what? Once you rehydrate, once you introduce those carbs again, that water is put right back where it began. Why? Because your body needs that water. It's not getting rid of any of the fat and it's really not getting rid of any of the fat in a sustainable way where you'll keep that fat off. The scale will continue to come down. It's just, it's an asinine way to go about anything. Who in the world can thrive off of no energy? You don't have carbs in your diet. You think you're going to have energy to get up and go to that workout? You think you're going to have energy to get up and go for that extra walk that you need to hit your steps? Like, no, you're essentially running your body into the ground with not enough energy that it needs and then expecting it to return the favor by losing weight and looking great and feeling awesome. Like, hell no. Your body's going to be like, um, fuck you. I need these carbs. This is not what I want to be doing. And it, you essentially force your body to go to alternate routes in order to fuel itself every single day, which is so not the way to go. Anything that you do that causes your body to go against what it naturally wants to do is not going to be a sustainable way to approach at all. So by cutting out carbs, or if you think your New Year's resolution maybe was to cut out your carbs, instead of doing that, try to just limit down the sheer amount of carbohydrates you eat. Carbs are one of the easiest macronutrients and really just food groups in general to overconsume. If you look at the back of a box of pasta, a serving size is typically two ounces. Has anyone here ever weighed out two ounces of cooked pasta? Anyone? It's embarrassing. Two ounces of pasta, of penne specifically, is like 10 noodles, maybe. It's crazy. So when you think about that and the carbs there, your body needs those carbs. But what's happening is we're not really eating a serving size of carbs. We're eating two, three, four, five serving sizes per sitting, causing you to overconsume, overconsume calories, put on weight, and be further away from your goals. So carbs are not the enemy. In fact, they actually really do help with building muscle, with losing weight, with keeping you full and satisfied. They help with so much. It's the overconsumption of carbs that gets to that gives it a bad rep, basically. So 
of all things fitness and nutrition, please, for the love of God, for the life of your body, do not think cutting out or restricting carbohydrates will guarantee faster results. You're wrong. Okay, that brings us to fitness myth number three. And this one, if I had a dollar for every time I heard this word, oh boy, I would not be podcasting. I would quit my job. I'd be living on a beach somewhere rich as hell. This fitness myth involves the word toning. I want to tone up. I want to tone my legs. I want to tone my stomach. I want to be toned. I hear it all the time. Toned, toning is a myth. There is no toning. That word in and of itself, it, it doesn't, it shouldn't even exist in the world of fitness, in the world of goal setting specifically, because there is no toning. You can't just take your, you know, left arm that's a little bit jiggly right now and do, you know, this one weird exercise you found online that tones your arms and expect it to just get tighter. That doesn't happen. Toning, when you break down the word toning or the goal of toning anything, essentially what you're after is decreasing your body fat percentage, that jiggle that's on that area, and replacing it with muscle mass. Muscle mass is a lot more condensed, it's a lot tighter, and it's a lot smaller. So if you take your arm and wiggle your left arm around, if it's jiggling all over the place and you're like, oh, I really want to tone this arm, what you really want to do is decrease not just the body fat in your arm, because remember, we cannot spot reduce fat. You want to decrease the overall body fat percentage of your entire body while also building muscle. Okay, and the second piece of that puzzle is the most important because in order for anything to be toned, there has to be something there. You can't tone skin. You can't tone a bone. You have to tone muscle. And by toning that muscle, really, you're just looking for more definition in that muscle. But if there's no muscle there to begin with, and you decrease your overall body fat percentage, you're just going to be left with skin. That's not cute. So if you're after a toned appearance, what you want to be doing is building muscle and focusing primarily on building up the muscle mass in that particular part of your body while also matching it with a moderate calorie deficit. The two of these, while paired together, will give you the best chance at decreasing body fat percentage and creating more definition around a muscle that you're continuing to grow. Right? If your left arm is jiggling in the breeze, but you decrease all your body fat percentage, then your skin is going to be jiggling in the breeze, unless your skin is now surrounded and covering a very firm and tight tricep muscle. Right, That tricep muscle has to be there. And what kills me with this, and this is kind of just a little tangent here, but the idea of cardio to tone anything is borderline ridiculous. How are you building any sort of muscle while doing cardio? You're not, you're not. You're just sweating and you're burning calories and sweating and burning calories. And if anything, you're getting rid of any of your muscle mass that allows you to look tight and condensed and defined, the good stuff. By doing endless bouts of cardio, you're not toning anything. You're getting rid of all the good things and then you're left with just the skin, right? Here we go, back to that skin aspect. So if your goal is to tone anything, or if you've ever said this word in your life, please stop saying it. That is such a myth. You can't just zap, tone, boom, done. Instead, say, hey, I want to decrease my body fat percentage while building a little bit of muscle in my legs so that they have more definition. I like the idea and the word definition way better than toned because definition means that there's something that is defined. What's defined? That muscle. 
Okay, so this in and of itself is so important. And I completely understand 100% what people mean when they say they want a toned appearance. Like I get it, I know exactly what it means. But I think if we all start to understand that the idea of simultaneously just toning everything is possible, we will be a lot more realistic with the work that's required in order to get there. Because it's not as simple as we think. It's straightforward. But following that plan day after day after day and allowing it to have enough time to do what it needs to, to then have more definition, it takes a while. And it's possible. It's very possible. So many people have figured it out. And I mean, it's it's there. But if you're going about it in the wrong way, assuming things just get tighter and smaller by, I don't know, osmosis, then you're going to be left pretty disappointed. So toning in general is not a goal. Please don't write that as a goal. Please don't assume that that is your goal. If you are now lost and you're like, well, then I don't know what I want to do. Let's sit down and have a conversation to define exactly what you want your ideal body to look like and the steps necessary to get there. Because just saying you want to do that is not possible. It's a myth and it's wrong. Bringing us to myth number four, and I truthfully feel so blessed and thankful for the many, many fitness-related people who have been in my life who have never allowed me to fall victim to this. I appreciate you all tons. Myth number four is that waist trainers make your waist smaller, right? If you wrap a big old piece of bandage around your waist and you suck it in really tight, that that right there, that piece of fabric is going to make your waist smaller. Boom. Done. I don't have to do anything else. I will just wear this compressive material around my midsection. And one day after the next, I will just be shrinking day by day. I'm losing size. I'm losing inches. It's awesome. That doesn't work. And it's so unfortunate because it sounds so appealing. And what I'm hoping a lot of you guys are noticing with most of these myths are that they are pieces of information promoted by companies or industries in order to present a quick fix. And it's so unfortunate that pretty much all of our society is after a quick fix. Why? Because fitness is freaking hard. Because the goals that you have are hard. Because the time it takes to get to that goal is way longer than most people are willing to put in the work for. Okay, so when you present a quick fix like a waist trainer in order to shrink down a pant size or a dress size or have that six pack you've always wanted, like, yeah, people are going to be like, hold on. What is this gadget? This is what I need in my life. I've been going to the gym for years never seen a single little ounce of progress. Maybe it's this. This is what I need. Again, presenting a quick fix and no effort required in strapping something around your waist and hoping for the best. These things are garbage. They don't do anything for actually making your waist smaller. The only thing essentially that it's doing is causing you to sweat more in your midsection. Obviously, right? If you're working out and you have a very compressive piece of material wrapped around your core on top of or underneath a sweatshirt or whatever else you're doing, like, yeah, you're going to sweat a lot right there. And you're going to take that thing off and you're wasting everything. It's going to be wet and it's going to feel like, ooh, okay, I'm doing something. It's not doing anything. Same reason why cardio is not doing anything. You're just sweating out water. Where if you want to actually make your waist smaller, You have to go back to number one, myth number one, reducing your overall body fat percentage. When you do that, yes, the fat on your waist causing your waist to appear larger will shrink down. And yes, you have a smaller waist. 
but wrapping a piece of material around it so that you sweat more while you're on the Stairmasters doing that, it's not doing anything. And it sucks too, because some of these waist trainers are freaking expensive. Like I'm talking hundreds of dollars for, you know, the top of the line waist trainer or uh, better yet, those freaking little like patch things that you put like probes on your stomach that, you know, vibrate all day long and they cause you to like have a six pack. Like, are we kidding? Are we actually kidding? People will spend hundreds, if not more on those types of things rather than just like getting to the gym and eating a little healthier. And like playing the long run, playing the long game, like it's not going to work. And you just wasted a bunch of money to find out it's not going to work. So if anyone is listening to this and thought maybe this year was the year we invest in a waist trainer, please don't. Please don't save your money. I would much rather you invest in a health and fitness coach who will help you reach those goals the right way than pour hundreds of dollars down the drain on a stupid piece of material that is going to do nothing for you. Okay. It does nothing. And some people will swear by their waist trainer, but Hey, maybe the person who bought the waist trainer then started going to the gym regularly to test out the waist trainer. And because they were going to the gym regularly, they started eating a little bit better. Like there were so many other factors at play that caused that waist thing to do what it was intended to do. When in reality, it had nothing to do with the results that were gained or not gained. So please do not waste your money. Do not waste your time. It's again presented as a scheme, as a way to get your money, to get you hooked and to get you coming back for more. So it is a myth and it is wrong. And last but certainly not least, my favorite of the five fitness myths you need to unlearn is number five. The myth that lifting makes you bulky. Oh Lord, I just, can we just take a second here? This is, this expression needs to die a slow and lonely death because if I were to never hear it again, I would be the happiest person in the whole wide world. And I think the reason this holds such a special place in my heart is because of the amount of people in my past, whether that's teammates or coaches, even um, old clients, friends, family who just continually over and over and over and over and over again use this expression or try to use this as a reason to why they don't want to work hard. Like it just, can you guys tell? Can you guys tell it drives me nuts? It drives me nuts. First and foremost, lifting weights does not make you bulky. And the reason that this has even become an expression is because of the idea that lifting weights, you build muscle right? If you do X, Y, and Z, you're lifting in the gym all the time, you will eventually be putting on muscle mass. The problem kind of goes twofold. Problem number one, and I'm saying this mostly for my girls out there because not a lot of guys are concerned with getting bulky. I would argue that they are more so okay with it and they'd like to put on a little bit of size and that's fine. So this one's targeted more towards my girls out there. So the reason a lot of people either have past experience with this or they're like, oh no, you know, I had a friend so-and-so who she started going to the gym all the time and she just got like big and manly and that's just like not cute. It's like not the way I want to look. You know anybody like that? Maybe you're that girl. That's fine. I've been there. Trust me. The reason that happens with females specifically, when you start going to the gym and you're you're lifting weights and you are putting on a little bit of muscle, more times than not, um, we aren't matching that with the correct nutrition. 
right? We assume we go to the gym, we crushed our workout. Yeah, we're getting a big bowl of Chipotle. Yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, we're going out to brunch. I worked out today. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're not only starting a workout regimen of putting on muscle and aiming to do so, but you're now also matching that with a pretty significant calorie surplus so that you're also retaining all of the body fat that you have. So now you have a solid and bigger foundation, that muscle, surrounded by that same layer of body fat. That, yes, is going to give you the appearance of being bigger, right? Your arms will look bigger, your legs will look bigger, shoulders, whatever it is. So with that, and again, I've seen this, and that's why I'm kind of talking to it specifically, in instances like that, it's not the lifting that made that individual look bigger or bulky or manly or whatever word you want to use. It's not the lifting. It's the nutrition. And it's a lack of knowledge surrounding what you truly should be eating pre and post workout during your day, day to day, calorie totals, all of that. It's a lack of education around that, which then leads to poor results or results you weren't initially after and then blaming it on the lifting. Instead of taking responsibility for the fact that like, hey, yeah, I've been eating quite a bit lately. So matching your nutrition and your workouts essentially is so important to get the results that you particularly, you specifically are after. Because if they're not for you, your workouts and your nutrition, you're not going to create the body, the physique that you want. Um, And another big piece of that too is a lot of times we way, 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 way overestimate the amount of calories we burned in our workouts right? Because these stupid Apple watches that I have now become addicted to, as we all have, tell you, you burned, you know, 600 calories in that workout. You're like, woohoo, I crushed, I killed, look, I burned 600 calories. And then you go and have your 1200 calorie bowl of Chipotle to, you know, make up for that workout and to, to fuel your body after your workout. Incorrect. When your Apple watch tells you, you burned 600 calories in a workout, it's safe to assume you burned maybe 300. Maybe there have been studies that show the calories recorded, not specifically for the Apple watch, but just activity trackers in general, the calories recorded for a workout are off and overestimated by like a couple hundred, if not more. So let's just put that in perspective first. So Susie Sunshine, who started a lifting regimen and thought her Apple watch was saying she burned thousands of calories and is now eating a ton of food pre and post workout to make up for that. And, you know, eat because she's starving after her workout, all this stuff. And now she's big and bulky has nothing to do with the work she's putting in, in the gym and lifting weights that did not make her bulky. The nutrition did. Like I said, there's a second piece of this. The definition of bulky or just breaking that down a little bit is like I mentioned the idea of building muscle and it's like not a cute look right now. I don't want to look like that. She has such manly arms. Like she's so big, like blah, 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 whatever. Rolling my eyes over here. Can you guys tell? Anyway, the, myth that lifting makes you bulky is going under the impression that whoever is lifting is working hard enough to even be building muscle. Do you guys know how freaking hard it is to build muscle? It's hard. It is really hard. You don't just pick up a weight a few times a week, do a few bicep curls, and boom, your arms look like the Incredible Hulk. That's not what happens. It is so incredibly freaking hard and requires so much intentional hard work every single day, week after week after week to put on even like three pounds of muscle. Like I'm talking months 
months and months and months of doing everything the way you need to and not just going to the gym but going there and working on progressive overload and really pushing the weight and going till failure and programming out your workout and your workout split. And maybe if you do all of that spot on perfectly, by the end of the month, you put on a pound of muscle. Building bulky muscles? No, no, we are not doing that. No, if you think that you starting to lift, you're going to look bulky, I'm sorry, but you are severely overestimating the amount of work that you are capable of. It's nearly impossible. So if you are nervous about being bulky or having arms like the Incredible Hulk because you went to the gym a few times a week, instead of giving up on the weightlifting, you should instead take a deeper dive into what your nutrition habits look like. Because like I mentioned, there's a much greater chance that the bulkiness that you are experiencing is coming from poor nutrition habits, because I can almost guarantee you're not putting in enough work at the gym to come anywhere close to building that much muscle that quickly. It's not going to happen. I think a while back when I first, first, first kind of started actually lifting, I was always lifting through college with gymnastics and whatever, but like not seriously, you know. So when I first started doing it on my own, I did the in-body scanner at my gym, which for anyone who doesn't know, the in-body is kind of just like an in-depth measurement of, you know, skeletal muscle mass, how much water's in your body, body fat, you know, left arm versus right arm. It gives you a pretty cool look at everything. And I stepped on there. I'm like, cool. Like I, I did played sports my whole life. I'm super strong. Let me, let me get a look at this. I had very, I had a lot less muscle than I think I thought I would. So not that I was let down. I was like, all right, cool. This is kind of my starting point. And I stepped on that in body every month for about six months to measure, okay, how is my muscle mass doing? Did I gain muscle? Did I lose body fat? You know, is my left leg as strong as my right leg? Just little things like that. And I was extraordinarily humbled the first month I stepped back on that in-body scale after what I thought was a month of sheer grinding to read the results that I had gained, drum roll please, a half a pound of muscle in a whole freaking month. And if you guys know me, like I was going hard for that month. I was crushing it for that month. A half a pound? That's it? I was blown away. I'm like, okay, we got to crank things up a bit. And really, I mean, there was nothing more I could do. It just takes time. And that next month rolled around, I gave probably about another 0.6 pounds of muscle. And then maybe, maybe I got to two pounds of muscle in about three months or so. I mean, very, very gradual. And all the while I was doing this, obviously I was paying attention to my nutrition, not as much as I do now, but just because I was actually strategically lifting, my body fat percentage was going down. Why? Because strength training helps more with decreasing body fat than any form of cardio does. So it was kind of cool to watch my body composition change, but nowhere near the rate at which I thought it would. I was like, I'm stepping on this scale. I feel jacked. I've been crushing it for a month. Like, all right, give it to me. Three, four pounds muscle. Let's get it. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. I literally laughed. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I just had no clue. So for anyone out there who really thinks that lifting makes you bulky, you, like I said, are severely overestimating the amount of work you think you're putting in because it's very, very difficult to build muscle. And I'm sorry to say you are probably not the top 1% of athletes out there who are grinding in the gym every day. 
So instead of assuming that lifting makes you bulky, this is a myth that just get it out of your head and go hit the gym. So there you guys have it, my top five fitness myths to unlearn. And as you can probably all tell, I get very passionate about these things. And that's either A, because I experienced it and had to learn that lesson the hard way myself, or B, because I hear it and see it all the freaking time and I'm just tired of it. So listening to this episode, it is totally A-okay if you fall into each of these five and you're like, shoot. That's what I've been saying. Shoot, that's what I bought. Ooh, that's what I, that's fine. That is completely fine. Trust me, we have all been there. The most important piece of it is that you take what I'm telling you and take these lessons that I had to learn and you speed it up and you learn it a little quicker so you can actually start seeing progress and start making moves towards your goals. And ultimately that is the goal of every piece of information I give on this show is to help each of you navigate the world of health and fitness. Because I'm sure right after I'm done recording this episode, I'll click open Instagram and boop, there's an ad for a waist trainer. Boop, there's an ad for some crazy detox tea or some stupid challenge that so-and-so is running to reduce 10 pounds of belly fat in a month. Like it's all ridiculous, but it's It's geared towards a certain population of people who continue to fall into it. Don't do it anymore. You guys are now smarter. You're now wiser. You have now unlearned these fitness myths and you know better than to fall victim to them yet again. So hopefully this was informative for each and every single one of you. And I will see you back here next week.